you know, that's a, a phenomenal question for the day that we live in. You know, how do we maintain this hope in perilous times? When you think about the originator, where it comes from, Jesus is where we get this lively hope from. And maintaining it has to do with everything. It has everything to do with him and our relationship with him. Hey, everybody, it's your girl, your sis, your host, Cheryl Shoemake. And this is the Stepmom Sanity Podcast. The mic is hot, so let's get started. Hey there, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Stepmom Sanity. On November 30th, in a community about 40 miles from my home, a teenage boy went on a shooting spree in the local high school. Four students were killed, seven more were injured, and of course, the surrounding communities were shaken. In addition to this tragedy, also the news headlines on uh, November 30th read that the Omicron variant of the coronavirus was spreading across the globe unchecked, supply chain issues continued to contribute to the rise in prices for consumer goods and consequently frustrations amongst consumers. The U.S. government remained highly partisan and therefore deadlocked. Neighbors and friends and families remained polarized along political lines. The Pentagon announced they will build bases in Guam and Australia to better prepare the U.S. military to counter China. And many are still isolated from family and friends due to the pandemic. And that's on top of everyday blended life stress. Yet for those of us who've placed faith in Christ, the Lord says we've been born into a living hope, anchored in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and in anticipation of eternal life in him. But what does that mean for us in these turbulent times? I've invited four ladies to chat about living hope, what it is, its impact on our daily lives. How do we maintain it? Joining us today are Angie Bauman, Sarah Anderson, Tanya Roberson, and Gwendolyn Brown. Angie and Sarah are no strangers to the Stepmom Sanity community. Angie is a pastor, Bible teacher, vodcaster, and founder of Live Steady On. I've been a guest on her platform a few times, and it's certainly a pleasure to have her finally on the Stepmom Sanity podcast. Sarah holds an MDiv in apologetics, is the founder of Fruits of Faith Ministries, and the author of The Best is Yet to Come, Facing the Fears of Today with God's Hope for Tomorrow, which we featured on the Stepmom Sanity podcast. Tanya Roberson is new to our audience, but not to me. She's the woman who has discipled me in the faith for over some 36 years. She's a trainer um, with Fortune 500 companies um, in management development. She's a global ministry trainer and also the founder of Tanya Roberson Ministries. Through Tanya Roberson Ministries, she and her team host Fresh Wind Gatherings. They have launched missional initiatives, and she's the host of a weekly television program called Life on Purpose. And that is all about living on purpose in God's purpose. And then there is Gwendolyn Brown, who is a member of the Stepmom Sanity team. She's an intercessor and an event planner, but most importantly, she's my mother. My beautiful sisters, thank you so much for joining the Stepmom Sanity platform for this conversation, which is near and dear to my heart. Um, when I've 
chatted with family and friends lately, what has been overwhelmingly apparent is the need for hope. The conversations are peppered with heart sickness over increased divisiveness, violence, instability in our country. And that is on top of what they're dealing with in everyday life. That in addition to everything else, is kind of stressing people out and feeding issues that cause hopelessness in people about their marriages and their families and their mental and emotional well-being. So as we were um, talking about having this conversation, I asked God, what do you want me to say about these times? And what do you want to say to me more specifically about these times? And what should I be saying to others that I get the opportunity to talk to? And I came across 1 Peter 1 and 3 and wanted to have a conversation with you all specifically about a term that stuck out to me. I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture. It says, praise be to God. And to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth and to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And since I was led to that particular scripture, as I was thinking about hope, I thought about the people to whom Peter wrote and the culture they were in and the issues they were dealing with. And he wrote these opening lines in his first letter to the church to a group of people who were surrounded by utter darkness and surrounded by paganism and wickedness and who were being hunted and slaughtered for following Christ. So then my question was, well, God, what does it mean to have a consistently active, ever-present, eager, confident expectation for God in the middle of all of that? So I wanted to ask you all this opening question. What does the term living hope mean to you? And Angie, I'm going to go with you. And then ladies, please feel free to jump in wherever. Cheryl, so I'm a words girl, Cheryl. And so when I'm studying a, a verse of scripture, one of the things I like to do is go to the original words because it helps me so much just kind of understand maybe what, what more is being said. And so I did a little research on it for this idea of living hope. And I learned that the word living means having vital power in itself and exerting the same upon the soul. And then hope means a joyful and confident expectation of eternal salvation. And I thought, oh, that's a lot of words, right? You put all, put that all <laughs> together. And so what does that mean to me? And I, I love this idea of this continual living hope, um, a joyful, confident expectation of eternal salvation. There's this like prolonged form, like it is there and it keeps being there, right? Like it yes. is, and it keeps ising. I don't, I don't know that that's how you say it, right? But there was just such a, a weight in a good way to that for me. And so I wrote down what I, my definition of living hope was this, the continual promise of an eternity with my savior that is bigger and more powerful than any circumstance or emotion. Oh, I like that. Can you repeat that? Angie? I would love to. Yeah. Thank you. The continual promise of an eternity with my savior that is bigger and more powerful than any circumstance or emotion. And for me, the emotion part is such a big 
thing because I can get so wrapped up in my emotions and get so wrapped up in circumstances and forget and lose sight of this, like is and keeps ising, right? That is mm-hmm. this eternal hope that's just alive in all of us who call Jesus Savior. Yes. And Tanya, what about you? What what does the term living hope mean to you? You know, when I think about even the context of that scripture, when you think about the fact that Jesus was resurrected Mm -hmm. and it's because of the resurrection that when we look at him, when we embrace him, we have this alive expectation that continues on and on and on. Yes, into eternity but yes, in the day-to-day, right? So in our day-to-day operations of what we do day in and day out, we look to a savior who is not dead, Mm -hmm. but who's alive. And because he's alive, we have living hope. We have a lively hope that we can place in him that no matter what we're confronted with, and right now we're confronted with some very horrific challenges globally Mm -hmm. you know no matter where you are in the world those challenges are there but we can look to him as our hope it's another I guess if I were to say I am right he is I am hope and uh, Jesus is our hope so that's what that's what I think of I don't think he's dead I don't think it's dead I don't think hope is dead I think it's alive yes so mom what about you what what does the term living hope mean to you I did a little bit of what Angie did, I, uh, but I centered on hope and I looked in several different places. And what I found that struck me was that living hope is constant possibilities, mm-hmm. a constant expectation of God. Yes not as a a bank or a give me, give me, give me, but an expectation that he's there. Mm-hmm. No matter what is going on, he's there. Yes, yes. And Sarah, what about you? What does the term, I love that we have all these wordsmiths here. Oh. Sarah is another one. What about you? You know, I love the term living hope and I love your focus on this for these times because as all these really intelligent, faithful ladies have said, which I completely agree, it is that gift that keeps on giving kind of concept. It's a, and so my definition, and I write about this in The Best Is Yet to Come, mm-hmm. there, I kind of build on it, but just for a pared down version living hope is our present deposit on our future eternity. It's our present possession that we get to keep with us the whole journey through. Mm -hmm. That is our, it's just a deposit on what's to come. So it's something we get to hold and have and enjoy and savor now. We don't have to wait for it. You know, a lot of times people, you know, living hope, you think hope is wishing, you know, and it's, it's something that you can't really depend on. But this living hope is able to be depended upon. You know, it's it's already here. We already have it in the present. It's mm-hmm. just the full fruition of it is coming in eternity. And in the book, it's holy grace plus holy justice 
equals living hope. Because if we're we're constantly abiding in his holy, holiness makes all the difference to the living hope, right? Mm-hmm. We could never be, we could never attain living hope in anything we do. We are empty promisers as humans. We we hope or we promise. And if someone hopes in our promise guaranteed, they're going to be disappointed, right? Yes. We can hope in God's promise because of his holiness. And so his holy grace and his holy justice, which a lot of times people don't focus on the justice part of it. It doesn't, it, but Jesus is justice. It's the flip side of his grace. And that gives us that living hope, you know, cause we can depend on it, whether we want to admit it or not, we want his justice. We just don't want it on us, but thank goodness Jesus is going to, right? Yes. That guy, he deserves your justice. Jesus paid the justice too. You know, he, he was able to stand in our place, but anyway, that's, that's my little, my little answer. Now there's a phrase in the passion translation translation of first Peter one, three, that's and I, I said, wow, that's really something. It says, for his foundation of mercy has given us a new life. We are reborn to experience a living, energetic hope. Yes. You know, it's funny, Gwen, that you would say that because I, I, the King James version says it's a lively hope. And I was thinking about like my kids when they were young, because sometimes when a kid is like sort of out of control and has a lot of energy, we call them lively, right? Like, and it's just a little all over the place and you can't quite quite contain it. And I'm like, that's this energy though. That's this hope, right? That you're like, oh, it just kind of keep bubbling up. And Mm -hmm. even though you might want to contain it or you might want to ignore it or what it's going to do what it does because it is alive and it has this energy. Yeah. I love that. Yes. So do I, I'm going to have to write that passion translation down. That's a, that's a good translation to hold on to. Now I, each of you alluded to this, that living hope, current hope is anchored in a past event in in anticipation of a yet future outcome, but anything that is inging or ising, as Angie says, is is verbing, it's happening right now. So very practically speaking, how do you maintain a living hope in what we deal with in our everyday. What what am I doing today? What am I doing tomorrow? Who am I listening to? Where am I going in order to maintain um, this energetic hope that that God has has birthed me into? And I'm gonna start with Tanya. You know, that's a, a phenomenal question for the day that we live in. You know, how do we maintain this hope in perilous times? When you think about the originator, where it comes from, Jesus is where we get this lively hope from. And maintaining it has to do with everything. It has everything to do with him and our relationship with him. So we have to have a very vibrant, very real very authentic, very transparent, very vulnerable relationship with our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, in addition to that, we have to have a very vibrant, authentic uh, relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So I will say, who's your team? You need to have a team of people who understand what lively hope is, because what happens when your hope is not as lively? Well, you're surrounded around people uh, that are full of lively hope. So having a good team, 
and it doesn't have to be 10 people. It could be two or three. It's you just have to have a core group of people that you can go to, your go-to people that no matter what, they will point you to a God who is real and who's gonna come through despite what it is, no matter how bad or how daunting it might feel at that time. And if you don't have that whole plan in place, you know, you have to have it solid with him first, but you need to have a good team. You need to have good believers that can walk in faith, walk in hope, that you can trust, that you can be real with, that you can say it like you mean it, and then re-say it again in faith. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so so those are some things that I do and I, on a practical scale. And if you don't have those people, you need to pray and ask God to bring those people into your life because the body of Christ is huge. And if we don't recognize that every joint supplies, like we are there to be blessings to each other, all the healing we need, everything is already connected in the body. So all we have to do is talk to our father and say, hey, listen, I need to assemble this team. So who are the people in my journey at this point in time in my life in the midst of this perilous or this very difficult divisive time that I might be experiencing? Who's supposed to be with me? So mm -hmm. I'll stop there but I'm a strong believer in that. Without that, you're not going to maintain it. It's right. too much. It's too big. Right. Um, I have a, a group of friends that, you know, we, we affectionately call one another the tribe. And many of those women are women that I turn to often. Um, and look, this is what's going on in my life. What do you have to say? Or listen, I'm tired and I need I need some Aaron and Urs to hold my arms up or, you know, and they have become invaluable, invaluable to my walk with, with the Lord and, and just living everyday life. You know, when I, I find that when I have these safe places that I can land, that it helps me in relating to other people. It, it really does. Sarah, what do you have to say about that? Well, I, one of my favorite verses in all of scripture is John 15, five, and that is very familiar to everyone. I'm sure I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is who that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. And we like, we're all wordsmiths here, right? We like to look this up. So abide in the original Greek that, um, uh, Oh my gosh, why am I not thinking of the word? But the tense, sorry, <laughs> that it is in, <laughs> is a repetitive action. It's continual, as we talked about the living hope being continual. So that requires us as the branches to be continually abiding in Jesus. So when he, it's not a once and a done thing. It is a, you remain in me. And that's a lot of the English translations for this is they say remain in me because they're trying to get the gist of that original Greek verb there. And, um, you know, a lot of people think, well, I, I, I accepted Jesus when I was seven or I, I went to Bible camp or I go to church on Sunday, you know, and then it drops off. It's, it's a continual. And I think once we remain in him and reach for him. You know, we, we reach for him. He reaches for us. I mean, he's already reaching and then we grasp him, right? He reaches first. And as we take hands, take hold of his hand and we remain in him, we are getting fed. And that is how we can access that living hope day in and day out. In addition, of course, to having that tribe and having that. And I have to say, I had that Tanya. I, when I 
had a regeneration of heart as a young mother and I came to Christ for real, <laughs> I <laughs> prayed. I had one daughter in a stroller on a rainy day and I was walking down the street. The park was one block away and God, I didn't think God knew I was going to pray this, but of course he knows, right? He probably put it on my heart. And I was like, God, they have my Christian friends have to be at this park today. And it was raining. There were only two people there. And of course we are fast friends and they are the most Christian people I know. So, <laughs> you know, he answers. So he good, does. Advice, he you does. Know? Yeah. So mom, how do you mean, how do you maintain hope in what we deal with in our everyday? It's been for me, especially this period of time, in a, a, a very different kind of way. Uh, in my Bible study group, there's uh, a young woman. Uh, she just had a baby. She and her husband um, uh, had been told during the pregnancy the baby had this and that. When the baby was born, it, there was a little bit more. And she was just really, really distraught. And she called me. And I almost didn't answer because I was really afraid of saying the wrong thing. And But I answered and I, I, I cried with her and I listened to her and she asked me, is God going to heal my baby? And I didn't know what to say because God is sovereign and I couldn't. Ooh promise her that and I said Lord I don't know what to say and I think in music I love music <laughs> there are songs that I apply to people and what the Holy Spirit said was little miracles so I told her to look for little miracles every day Luke raised his head today that's a miracle and throughout this last three months, she's I'm going to cry. <laughs> she's been <laughs> calling at different times or, or texting that this happened and that happened. And I realized last week how much that's building me up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. I was just concerned about not saying the wrong thing to her, mm -hmm. giving her a false hope that wasn't in my purview because mm -hmm. I'm not God. And God has been ministering to me that that's hope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love it how we can, um, how the Holy Spirit will use our obedience to encourage others to encourage ourselves as well just a gracious and giving father we have. Angie, what do you have to say? How do we maintain hope in, in our everyday life, practically speaking? Yeah, well, yes, to all that these ladies have been saying. And I don't know that I have very much that's new, but I, I do know that for me, I've learned to recognize in myself that anxiety is a signal to me that I'm not focusing on hope or that I'm not claiming the hope that I'm offered. And so I sort of have this like, inventory list. I'm words and lists girl. And so this like abide that Sarah is talking about, I kind of run when I feel the anxiety rise and it's not hope that I'm living in, if you will, right. It's something else. It's emotions, it's circumstances. It's, it's this anxiety. I think that there are five for me anyway, there are five 
sort of elements to the abiding in my relationship with him. And it helps me examine. So I was just going to share those real quick. Please. I won't unpack them here, but yeah, I look at my life and I, I think there are five elements to a healthy spiritual walk and or healthy faith community relationships, whatever. And for me, they're prayer, study, worship, fellowship, and service. And I think that's what these ladies have been talking about all of those things. Right. And so when I feel that anxiety rise or any other kind of signal in us that we recognize, it's not hope that I'm abiding in. It's not him that I'm abiding in. Then I look at those things and say, which one of these things probably needs some attention. Cause, and for me, there's almost always one, at least one, right. It's like, oh, I need the fellowship. I've, I've lacked in that, you know, what Tanya was talking about, or, oh, I need the prayer time. I've neglected that a little bit and I'm not connecting with you. And when I go back to those sort of basic elements of my abiding relationship with him and examine them and I deal with, or address maybe one that I feel like is, is not as strong then that hope that is alive, that energy, oh, makes me emotional. It just, it, it rebubbles, right? Mm -hmm. It, it re, re is, <laughs> it realives uh, because it is there. It's just a matter of my calming, stilling, submitting myself to receive it. What I, what I hear out of all of you is just so much intention and strategy and obedience for relationship, what it really sounds to me like what you're saying is that we need to take every opportunity to tilt our heart towards the Father, um, be that through prayer, be that through service towards others, abiding, fellowship with others, just tilt our heart because nothing is really initiated from us in this life that we live. Everything that we have is given to us by the Father. So this living, thriving hope that we have, it, it's not ours to maintain it's it's our if the relationship is ours and God does the Reizing, God does the the realiving just in our fellowship and in our time with Him. I, I love how how does grace work? Since we're talking about this, how does grace, the concept of grace, feed the concept of living hope? Because that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about living a grace filled life. Uh, Sarah. I'm so glad you asked because that is, I mean, I didn't know you were going to ask. I don't know why I'm saying it like this. I didn't but. either, but you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, I uh, love that concept because, you know, we've heard the simple definition for grace is getting something that you don't deserve, right? And mercy is not getting something that you deserve. So we are getting salvation. We're getting this living hope, right? That is a gift we've mentioned that keeps on giving. And like you said, it's not something we can do or strive after or earn or punch a checklist on. It is something that we can just receive, knowing that it's just graciously, graceless, you know, gracefully given to us without any merit of ours. And it is the essence of who God is. You know, there are several, you know, definitions of our characteristics of holy God. I think one of the most powerful, and of course this is relative and, you know, cause there's so many powerful descriptions <laughs> of God, everything is powerful, is grace. He is the essence of grace, holy grace, perfect without blemish, perfect, not only in just like he doesn't sin in being grace giving, but he is the perfect manifestation of that just in who he is. 
and he is what he does and he does what he is. They're one and the same. In humans, we do and we label ourselves accordingly because that's the best measure we have of our quality, right? Yes. But God is quality. You know, he is grace. And so we can do nothing except for receive it. The perfect grace in that is how, and it's the living hope, I guess, the fact that his presence in our life is the gift, right? Yes. Anybody else want to add? That's beautiful. I love that. Anybody else want to add anything to that? Tanya, you got to come off mute. <laughs> you know, grace, you know, grace is that ability that God gives us to do what we can't do in and of ourselves. And so it's sovereign and it's supernatural. And when we tap into God's grace, then it's no longer us striving to make something happen or striving to be something. It's really resting in the I am who's on the inside of us and that he's the God of all grace. You know, Paul said, I am, I, I am what I am by the grace of God. And we know the things that he's done. You know, we, you know, you know, you know, he's written so much of the New Testament. We, we build our lives on the principles and the teachings of the apostles. And they were famous for knowing and, and, and understanding that what we do is by the grace of God. So even the lively hope or staying in a place of expectation and trust with God is not a trust that originates with us. It's everything originates with him and this empowering presence of God's grace in our lives continues. You know, I was thinking about this as I'm listening to all these wonderful ladies share. I want to say to our listeners that no matter where you are in the journey, many of us have been in the journey for a little while. So we sound strong and convicted in our belief system. But maybe there's somebody that's listening to this that are, that's just getting started. The very same things that you're hearing us say applies at no matter what stage you are in your development with God. His grace is there for you. This lively hope is there for you. The principles outlined in the word of God, they're there for you to help you along your journey. And difficulties don't stop. That's why you have to stay so connected. As long as we're in the earth, there's gonna be challenging times and difficult seasons, but God's grace is there to take us through the challenging times, the difficult seasons triumphantly, where we can come out with a greater assurance when I get to the other side of this particular challenge, I know him that much more. I'm that much more empowered by his grace, his dwelling ability on the inside of me to do what I cannot do in and of myself, but I'm able to tap into something so much bigger and so much greater than I am. And so then I take that into the next season or the next challenge or the next difficulty because I know him who got me through the last one. So I wanna encourage you, no matter where you are in your faith, whether you've been walking with God for a little bit of time or, or you've been walking with God for 30 years and you've gotten weary, I want to encourage you tonight, don't be weary in well-doing, for God will come, and in that due season, that hope will emerge yet again on the inside of you, so, so just be encouraged. I just felt like speaking to, because I, I believe we may have some young believers, and I wanted to just kind of speak to young believers in the faith 
um, that's that's doing this mom thing, this stepmom sanity thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of uh, that sort of explains Tanya for where where I'm at. <laughs> you guys know, you know, I I don't want to be out front. I I I like to be in the back. But the Lord has been telling me that when I move past my fear and allow him to minister, whether it be I'm responding to a text or actually talking to someone about something, that that's his grace. Mm -hmm. His empowering presence working in you, what you cannot do on your own. You know, Angie, Sarah said something very interesting that I jotted down. Uh, I've just gotten so many good growing nuggets, um, nuggets to grow on out of the conversation already. Um, she said that we do, and then we define ourselves by what we do, but God is, and he does what he is. How do we stop the striving to do, the striving to be, to the striving to have, what is, what is the true liberator from striving so that we can come to the place of just resting and receiving? In my walk, one of the hardest things for me to hold on to is the truth that you're talking about right there, because it's really hard for me to hold on to peace. Mm -hmm. And I, I have learned that peace comes when I agree with God about who he says he is and who he says I am in him. And when I am striving, it's because I've lost sight of that. I've lost sight that I am his child and I am his beloved and his grace claims me, calls me, loves me. I don't have to do anything. And I, it's hard for me. I, I, I'm, I know that the Lord is happy or pleased when I do things for him but that's not how he finds me valuable either. Right. And if I'm not, if I'm not careful, I get that mixed up. I'll be valuable to him when I fill in the blank, when I I'll keep ising <laughs> and he'll find me valuable and it doesn't work that way. And that's when this whole thing with grace is really important to me because it is an act of submission for me to believe him. And I hope that answers your question because that's just, that's just part of how I go back to that. The hope and I appreciate what Sarah was saying too, because for me, grace is so much, I'm, I, I, I see God's grace so much clearer in the hindsight. In the moment, I have a hard time understanding how he's at work, right? But if yes. I will remember the day that I was walking my daughter to the rain in the park and my Christian friends met me there, right? That was God's grace in Sarah's life. I'm just calling on that as an example. And yes. that memory strengthens me for what I'm dealing with now, like Tanya was saying, I think it was Tanya. And so, yes, I hope that answers your question, but, um, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's holding on to the peace and remembering the grace because those are the, those are the ways we'll strengthen ourselves for our current. Yes. Does anybody want to add anything? I'm going to get ready to wrap up. I don't want this conversation to end and I don't want to take a break. So I want to, but I want to give everyone the opportunity to add to that if they'd like to. I just wanted to give the scripture where I, you know, was referencing. Um, it's First Corinthians uh, chapter 15, and it's verse 10. And it says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. This is Paul. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. 
but I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. You know, take the pressure off of yourself. Yes. Um, even, even to be in hope or to stay in hope or to maintain hope. It's not by might, it's not by power, it's not by your spirit. It is by God's grace. And, and so take some of that pressure off of yourself and just say, God, give me your grace. Give me your ability. The difficulty is too big for me. I don't know how to fight the battle. I don't know how to fight. I don't know how to stay uh, mm -hmm. strong. So now I just need your grace. I just need you to come and do it because I can't do it. But do it through me and just yield yourself. So that's one of those scriptures that can encourage us in seasons like this when we're looking at that. And you, it's one you need to tuck away and take with you throughout your entire journey because only God knows what's up the road but his grace will meet you before you get there and he'll take you through any challenge you might find yourself. So to our listeners, please be encouraged over that. You know, our, our um, inadequacies, our weaknesses, they are the perfect canvas on which God paints his strength, on which he paints his grace, on which he, he paints his ability, his presence. They're just the perfect. So yes, come to him and just, God, I need you. Papa, I need you. He will show up every single time. So I'm going to end with a couple of roundtable questions. I'm going to ask. Um, I'm going to ask you to answer two questions. The first is, what one thing is sparking hope in your heart today? And the second is, what one thing do you want to leave with our listeners? And I'm just going to go in the order that I see you on the on the screen here, Angie. What one thing is sparking hope in your heart? And what one thing do you want to leave with the listeners? Something that's sparking hope in my heart right now is I'm on a new ministry team that I was really nervous about joining. And I have a lot of insecurities when I'm in a new group of people and their kindness has been overwhelming to me. And it's one of the first places in my life that I ever just really feel like God is inviting me to uh, sort of let my guard down and trust him and trust these people that he's brought into my life. And I think as Tanya said earlier, that it, they, they are some new people that can sort of remind me of this living hope when I, because I have a very short, bad short-term memory when it comes to my walk with Jesus. <laughs> and so I do, I think other people's kindness, all that to say, I think other people's kindness is reminding me of the hope that I know that I have in him. And so I guess if I, if I had anything to leave for the listeners, um, is you don't have to find hope in humongous ways, right? So often the hope is in the smallest things. And if we are intentional about our relationship with him and we ask him to just show himself to us, we don't need these huge moments with him. He will in a phone call, he will in a smile, he will in a sunset, he will in a pet crawling up in our lap or a child that just says, I love you spontaneously, right? Like he is all over the place to remind us that he is and is key and he will keep ising. Yes, yes. Mom, what one thing is sparking hope in your heart today? And what one thing do you want to leave with our listeners? I I was going to say, I think, but I know it's the privilege he has afforded me to be a part of watching baby Luke. It's the miracles that keep occurring. And it's forcing me to look for little miracles everywhere. 
uh, we always look for the big things. And that's because we're, when we're reading the Bible, we see what we believe are truly big, big miracles. But there are miracles every day, little miracles. And I'm finding the more I see, the more I hope that, I find that hope that, yes, he's there and he's moving. Maybe not at the pace I want him to move at <laughs> or, or how I want him to move, but he's moving because he's all knowing and he knows what is needed. And so I would, I would tell the listeners to, like Angie, look for, look for hope in the sunset. The fact that you woke up today and you're breathing, the fact that maybe there was something wrong yesterday, but today it's okay. The fact that you can open your eyes and read the Bible and have an understanding, you can hear music. All of those are things of hope and things of miracles. Thank you. And Tanya, what about you? What one thing is sparking hope in your, in your heart today? And what one thing do you want to leave with our listeners? You know, I think the one thing that sparks hope in my heart today is knowing that I'm loved by the Father. And it's not something that's distant. I feel his nearness. I feel his love. And I know that I'm valued by him so that everything else around me is temporal right? Subject to change. But that one thing that's constant and consistent is that he's continuously renewing that reality or that revelation in my heart. And he does it every single day. And what would I leave our listeners with? One thought to ponder. You know, as you, as you listen to us and, and you hear our relationship with the Lord, I want to say to you that the Father is speaking to you. You can hear his voice, you can comprehend what he's saying, and you can implement the things that he's asking. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. Thank you so much. And Sarah, what one thing is sparking hope in you? And what one thing would you leave with the listeners? I would, gosh, listening to you guys today has sparked hope in me, I have to say. There's just so much wisdom here, and it's really, I'm jotting notes as we're talking. But in addition to that, we are, in the reason that you, God, put it on your heart to even have this discussion is this disillusioned world. And I have heard disillusionment story from, to disillusionment story from so many people recently. I'm with you on this. Suicides. Um, distraught, just, oh, it's, it's so depressing, I guess, you know, and of course we know it's not that we can overcome, but for those who don't have that living hope, it's very sad for them. But I see glimpses, a lot of, of people turning to God and looking then when they reach the bottom they seem to be finally realizing they can't look down anymore. They're starting to look up. And so I'm seeing evidences in our world of people looking for that living hope. 
you know? Yes. And that is so encouraging. And I just pray that they, of course, they will find it if they seek him. They will find him if they seek him with his whole heart, right? And so that is giving me hope today. And then one thought for the listeners, I would leave them with this scripture. According to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That's from 2 Peter 3.13. And I think we're looking, we're seeking for that righteousness here on this earth. And while we have the present deposit of that and a living hope, it hasn't come to full fruition on this side of heaven. And so I would say if you're disappointed in your circumstances to the listeners, if you're disappointed or if you're disillusioned with what you've, with what hand maybe you've been dealt, do not put your hope in the here and now. Don't put your hope in this world, these circumstances, even in the promises of people, because we're certain to be disappointed, but God will never disappoint us. And we may, with this present deposit of peace, right? We look for the deposits of his grace or the actions of his grace in our life, like Angie said, and then that gives us the peace and that will sustain us. That's the living hope until we get to that new heavens and the new earth. And it's worth waiting for, it's worth enduring for, and we will have to endure, you know, this isn't going to be an easy life. That would be my last, that would be my thought. So Sarah, why don't you tell our listeners where they can reach you? How can they get in touch with you if they want to hear more of, of, of your apologetics and your teaching and, and get, where they can get the, your book as well? The book is called The Best is Yet to Come, and it is on Amazon. You're going to want to look under Sarah Broyhill Anderson, but that's kind of long. So I'm actually going to Sarah B. Anderson, but my book's under Sarah Broyhill. So if you want to find me, just go to sarahbanderson.com and it's without an H, Sarah, S-A-R-A. B is my middle initial, anderson.com. And that's where you can find me. But I do have a ministry on social media called Fruits of Faith Ministries. So that's mostly on Facebook and Instagram, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's right. Angie, please tell the listeners where they can reach you. A central hub is the website livesteadyon.com. And from there, you can listen to podcasts and my books are available there. I teach Bible study on Tuesday nights on Facebook live. And that's, that's really fun too. So love to have people join, participate, study along. Wonderful. And my mom is retired and she is not coming out of retirement anytime soon. So you won't be able to reach her. <laughs> but Tanya, can you let people know where they can find you? And then can you pray for those who might be struggling with hopelessness tonight or today or whenever they might be listening? Sure. You can reach me at tanyarobersonministries.com. I have a broadcast uh, that comes on every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on FYF.TV, which is an internet network, but it also can be found on my Facebook page, Tanya Roberson. So just come and, you know, I leave the, uh, the broadcast out there. It, it's called Life on Purpose, so that we live our lives on purpose in his purpose. So you can reach me uh, in any of those ways. Let's pray. Father, we just bless you tonight and we thank you for the opportunity to come as sisters of faith, as sisters of hope, to sit at the table and to share our perspectives around this subject. We pray, Father, that tonight, something that we said has landed in the heart of those that are listening, those that are in the middle of difficulties where they're struggling with their hope. 
we thank you and even declare over them now that your word says that you are a very present help in the time of need. Thank you, Father, that you're not distant, but that you're here right now. So we pray that you would lift the burden, Father, that you would carry the load, and that the weight that's too hard for them, I thank you that you will exchange it, because you said your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So we ask that you would give them the ability, give them the grace tonight to cast the care onto you. Thank you, Father, for caring for them. Thank you, Father, for lifting them up. Thank you, Father, for being everything that they need. Give them insight, wisdom, strategy, new relationship, new friendship. Cause the word to come alive in their hearts like they've never seen it before. Let them sing a new song, even after listening to the broadcast. God, let them sing a new song. Let the, the songs of heaven begin to bubble up on the inside of them. Thank you for an enriched time with them in their prayer clauses with you. And we thank you as they seek you privately, you'll, you'll provide for them openly. And we thank you for answering this prayer tonight on their behalf, as we all touch and agree and stand in the gap, God, that you will do it for them because you've done it for us. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us this week. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. The one thing that is sparking hope in my heart today is that no matter what it looks like, the Lord purposes always overcomes the enemy's schemes. And I want to leave you with this encouragement from Psalm 62. For God alone, my soul awaits in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory, my, righty, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Have a blessed Christmas and keep stepmomming in grace. Thank you again for being with us today. If this podcast has blessed you, don't miss another one. Take a moment to hit that subscribe button. Also, share this podcast with a stepmom needing encouragement. Join us on the journey by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stepmom Sanity. And don't forget, there's hope for stepmoms who are there, wherever you're there is, from stepmoms who've been there at StepmomSanity.com. We believe in you, sis, and we're here to bless you with what you need to flourish in your God-given role. Until next time, hugs and prayers.